I don't know how I convinced Peter Wolfcamp to do this, but we played the toilet paper game. Oh, it was so fun. Head over to the Mountain Climbers Podcast Facebook page to discover what the toilet paper game is and how it went down. Oh, it was so good. Today on the Mountain Climbers Podcast, resident builder at News Talk ZB and the site foreman of the Block NZ, Peter Wolfcamp, is here to share his greatest life lessons. A life well lived is one that's that's often lived for other people. Sometimes you just want someone to do what you ask them to do. Then later... Look, I, you know, I, I don't want to overstate this. How do you hope that people perceive you? Um, Has there ever been a time when you've had to make a career decision based on your personal beliefs? Yeah. All that and more on the Mountain Climbers podcast next. It's great to spend the little, next little bit of time with you, and it's great to be with you, Peter Wolfcamp. It's a real pleasure. I'm, I'm sort of slightly apprehensive, but kind of excited to be here as well. This is uh, my first podcast. Is it? Oh, Absolutely. Fantastic. And uh, this is the second time that we've met. We worked briefly sure. on a, a, another broadcasting project a, a little earlier this year. Yep. And as you left, I was talking with the other producers, and they're like, Peter Wolfcamp is one of the most lovely people in broadcasting that you can ever find. And, uh, you know, in that short experience, I would have to say I, that, I, that I agree. You're, you're absolutely lovely. But that's kind of a little bit different from how you come across on the block with this <laughs> tough love, you know, speak your mind, pull teams up on, on the different things they've got going on. How do you hope that people perceive you? Oh, um, look, at a, at a certain level, there's part of me that just goes, oh, I, I really don't mind how people perceive me. But at mm. the same time, I guess we're all concerned about how we present ourselves to the public and how we present ourselves to, to our friends. Um, I, I think I've always been reasonably direct with people. That's not sort of a code word for being um, offensive or rude or anything like that. No. Um, I suppose there's a couple of key phrases for me. I, I really have a... a deep abiding sense of the desire to be civil. I think civility um, in terms of our the way that we relate to people is really, really important. So um, I've spent a lot of my life um, in factories and on building sites, and they are fairly rugged places to do your business, right? Um, people are incredibly direct to the point of, of being blunt or abusive or, or rude on those sorts of sites. So there's no holding back on a business site. It's not like working in an office. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't some rules around that, but, you know, it, literally the phrase um, call a spade a spade comes yeah. from building sites, and that's how people <laughs> talk to each other. So there is a certain directness about being on a, on a site yeah. uh, that, yeah, influences the way that I think. Are there, when people think of Peter Wolfcamp, yes. what are the values that, they, that you hope comes to mind? Oh, um, look, I, I think being upfront and and honest and direct are really, really important. Um, I also, you know, in terms of the block, um, I have a responsibility to ensure that the contestants and all of the production crew and other people that are engaged with the process are also kept safe. And mm. building sites, uh, for all of their directness, are also places where you can, uh, you can hurt yourself quite badly. So uh, part of me wanting to ensure that everybody is safe is also making sure that they that we have rules and that because we have them I want people to follow them and I tend to start with um, cooperation and if I don't get cooperation then we'll move on to 
slightly more direct methods of getting people to do what I need them to do. And at first, when you had those cameras, you know, shoved in your face, did you find that a little bit difficult to do? Yeah, I, th- I think um, for all of us, actually, the block uh, arrived in New Zealand eight years ago now, and no one had ever tried a TV show like that in New Zealand. There had been other home renovation shows, but nothing like the block. And so eight years later, thinking back to that time, even for myself, I feel like I was certainly I, I, I feel a lot younger or I felt a lot younger <laughs> then than I do now. Um, I certainly had uh, far less grey hair than I do now. And um, it, it, it you know, I, I think we all sort of stumbled along in those early episodes and early series. Um, but over the years, we've we've refined what we do. I think we're a lot better at both making the television, doing the building, getting the integration worked out. Um, but it was it was a big shock. Have you always been articulate and have you always been that bold? Um no, look, I, I think, like, I still don't like confrontation, funnily yeah. enough. Um, and I would rather create uh, an environment of cooperation than than sort of confrontation. Although saying that, I've, I've got better at it. And um, even this morning, there were a couple of things that hadn't gone well. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of going, do I take a sort of, ah, well, you know, I'll just see how you're going. Or do I ring up and go, you know what, you promised me this, it hasn't turned up, I want to know why. Yeah. Um, because it's it's not just impacting me, it's impacting a whole sheer, series of events. So um, I, I think I'm getting a little bit better at being direct, but I, I still... Cooperation is great when you can get it, um, and I'd rather have people buy into the process and work collaboratively and cooperatively rather than, than it being sort of top-down, you know, me mm. telling everyone what to do. And I think when I'm watching The Block and my family, sure. whenever you do anything like that, we're like, yes, good on you, Peter. <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. Um, so how do you create that sense of, like, you know, do it in such a way that really is from a place of, I don't know, not love, but, you know, it's from a, a, a good place. Oh, look, again, I think maybe part of it is kind of a little bit of an age thing. And, you know, I'm not that old, but, um, you know, my first bosses were, were actually, I've spent, my parents are Dutch immigrants, right? So they, they came out here in 1961 and um, I was born here a little later. Um, and I spent a lot of time growing up with, with my parents' friends, and they, being Dutch people, they're fairly direct most of the time. Um, and I, I worked for other friends of ours who, who were Dutch, and everything was always pretty direct, right? This is what you have to do. This is why you have to do it. Now you just need to get on and do it. And I guess that's how I still see my work life, um, that people will tell me exactly that. Um, this is what I need from you, and I need you just to get on and do it and I guess I I feel it's completely okay to just turn around to someone and say you know what I, I don't need to know it's kind of counter to what I was saying before about you know people and, and all the rest of it sometimes you just want someone to do what you ask them to do or and, what they promised or what they promised yeah. and in the end I'm in charge and and uh, you know I just want you to get on and do your job it sounds really <laughs> blunt but um, that that's a big part of it and that's that's kind of the environment that I grew up in and um, so a certain respect for authority um, a respect for people who have experience 
um, and that if you don't have the experience, you can learn from them. That's mm. what I think is important. And do you prepare yourself for those moments or do you just go go straight on in there? Oh, Look, I, in the end, the reality of, of working in reality TV or working on the block is that things happen. It's it's really dynamic, you know. So very basically nothing of what I do is ever scripted. Um, I might come into a situation and realise that somebody's made a mistake. I might come in and, and find that... Um, you know, the, the place is untidy and that then becomes uh, a health and safety issue because there are trip hazards. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to spend all my day telling people to tidy up, but if they don't do it, then yes, I will spend all my day telling them <laughs> to go and tidy up. Oh, nice. All right, moving on to some more sure. general life questions yeah. now. What got you into broadcasting? I've been lucky enough over the years that, in fact, um, it's CBA that got me into radio, uh, gosh, over 30 years ago. And that's the Christian Broadcasting Association. Absolutely, CBA and, and guys like John Bergen and so on who were part of that, uh, that scene at that time. Um, Michael Hooper, who was a well-known radio personality uh, at Radio I in the Gosh, we're talking about the late 1980s now. Um, I knew him when I was working for the Catholic Diocese. So my first job out of school was working as a youth minister, along with a a number of other young people and uh, a priest from the Auckland Diocese. And we worked, lived in community and worked for two years uh, around the Diocese of Auckland. So that was kind of my first job. And while I was there, Michael came to me and said, look, I'm doing some work with CBA. At that time, there was a view to having a radio station. And so they went, what we really, really need is somewhere to train some new broadcasters. Um, How would you feel about doing some radio? And look, at 20 or something like that, you'll say yes to anything. Um, And it happened to be at exactly the same time that what was 1ZB, went to News Talk ZB, so the change from music to talkback. And what they needed was basically warm bodies to stay in the studio from midnight <laughs> till 5.30. So from the end of uh, back in the day, it was Chris Carter until Paul Holmes arrived in, in the morning. So um, the opportunity was there where CBA needed to train people and News Talk ZB needed people to stay up all night. Um, and again, it helps being 20, 21 at the time. And um, with all of that self-belief of, of a young person, it was like, oh, I can do that. Mm. Um, I, I think my training was limited to maybe the occasional half hour in the studio with someone. And then with an experienced announcer for the first I don't know, it might have been the first three hours of a five and a half hour shift and it was like, okay, we'll see you later. Off you go. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> um, Pushed out of the nest. But, you know, the, the, the long result of, of being introduced to radio at that time and having done radio at different times at News Talk ZB over the years is that when it came time to do the block, I guess some of those um, broadcasting skills were already there. I mm. practised um, being able to... Uh, you know, speak directly about being able to sum up some ideas about perhaps engaging people in conversation. Um, the television is a whole different set of skills, but it, again, I feel really fortunate uh, to have worked with some people in those early couple of series that were incredibly generous with their time and their experience, and they took the time to help me as a, a, a new presenter, let's say, to learn those skills. And what were those skills that you had to learn? 
Um, oh, look, I, I think what was really great for me is that um, in the first couple of series of the block, we had um, some some older, probably the age that I am now, uh, guys <laughs> operating the camera and the sound. And so the, the cameramen are in a u- unique position in, in television where they see what's going to air, right? Yeah. And so the the producers and my bosses are often really busy, but the camera guys would be there. And so I'd sit down with them when we had a moment and say, you tell me what I need to do. So is there a way that I need to stand? Is there a, a way of delivering that when you're looking at it through the lens, you know whether what you're recording is is going to work, and and again, I'm enormously indebted to them, to their generosity of spirit and and their experience to be able to sort of say to me as a as a new presenter, keen to learn, this works. You know, you 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 need to open yourself up to camera. You need to be succinct. Um, I have a terrible tendency to babble on so I, I have to sort of restrain myself to go. Actually, no one wants me to spend a minute describing something I can do in 10 seconds so nail down what it is that you want to say and say it succinctly okay and that was one of my other questions sure. as well how did you learn to condense what you're saying and be so articulate um, oh, look I think that sitting in a studio at 3 o'clock in the morning with no one to talk to you got to remember you know, ZB back then probably had an audience of I think overnight it might have been less than a thousand people and if about two or three percent of people who tune in to talk back ever contribute you're talking about a very small number <laughs> and and there is a part of me that's a combination of of my personality and my heritage being um, Dutch is is there's a certain stubbornness so one of the things I wanted to achieve when I was first doing talkback overnight was I want to get through a whole night without playing a song. That was kind of, that was my big goal. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time just talking and talking and reading stuff off the prompter and off the news in order to generate conversation. So that ability to uh, think of something that allows somebody else to enter the conversation is a good way of, of getting that conversation started. What do you think are the top three skills that a broadcaster needs to have? Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I think one of the best broadcasters we ever had in New Zealand was Paul Holmes. Now, I didn't really know him. We used to pass each other occasionally um, at you know 5.30 in the morning at, at ZB. I remember actually going to his funeral and... Some of his key message was um, you've got to love the people that you work with. You've got to love your audience. And that might sound really trite, um, but his thing was hitangata, hitangata, hitangata. It's always about the people. And, um, you know, even when I'm doing radio now or, or doing any other work, it's, it's always still about the people. Mm, always about the people. And yeah. regardless of what industry you're in, Everyone has to deal with customers and, Absolutely. and contractors yep. and builders and whatever kind of people they yep. have to, to draw in. So it's always, always about the people. It's always about the people. Absolutely. And, all right. Moving on to some more sure. general life questions yeah. now. What is the value that you respect most in others? Um, wow. Um, I, I, th- I think to a large degree, sort of a generosity of spirit. 
is is really important. Um, I'm I'm involved with my parish. I'm involved with the school. Um, I've just I'm serving as a board of trustees member um, at the primary school that our son has just finished attending. I'm still there for a little while, and I'll go on to serve as a board of trustees member at the the college that he's just started. And you look around at the tremendous. Um, generosity of spirit and and time that people give, and that's really really inspirational. So that that's something that's really important to me, and that you value a lot in others. Yeah, yeah. I, I sure do. Do you so, think there's something that, as a human collective, that we all share? Oh, undoubtedly. Um, yeah, I, I I think deep down we are all pretty much the same. And you know, I, and how I, would you describe that? Oh, I think that's the Describe fact that we, we all are. share the same creator. That's that's what links us ultimately. Um, you know, I, over the years I've been lucky enough to travel, and one of the great things about travel is just those um, coincidental meetings with people. You know, where you'll you'll suddenly be on a train with someone and sharing an amazing story, or you end up you know um, walking through the back streets of Venice or Paris or wherever and meeting really interesting people. And while you have no commonality as such. There is something that we relate to about people all around the world. So there is something that links us, and yeah, ultimately, for me, that's we're, we're all created by the same person. Mm. And has there ever been a time in your career where you've had your faith challenged, um, or where I, it's been a challenge to stick by the values that you hold in your faith? Um, yeah. Look, I. I mean. Still to come in the final part of my time with Peter Wolfcamp, we talk morals, faith and crafting. Some of those might be looking at going, gosh, why would someone who's uh, doing this TV and, and all of that sort of thing be a Catholic? Plus, has there ever been a time when you've had to make a career decision based on your personal beliefs? Yeah, and... I'm Duncan Tolmy, and you can expect all that and more next time on the Mountain Climbers Podcast.